welcome to the Wired Biohealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall, and I am joined by your show's host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. How are you today, Doc? Wonderful. Good to see you. You too. So we're kind of into the thick of winter a little bit. I remember the mm-hmm. dean from my high school called it the dark days of February. It's truth. Yeah. And I think it's something that, you know, all of us kind of experience that in the winter, especially post-holidays, you know, we've well off of Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, even Thanksgiving, all the things that all the give fun us, stuff. Yeah, something to yeah. look forward to. Now we're kind of in the monotony right. of life. And so the weather has even more of an effect on our mood. Right. And that come down from all the, the good times and seeing everybody and, you know, part of the holidays is always going and visiting with friends and family. And then you're back to that isolation. Yeah. And Something that's real and it's not in your head is seasonal affective disorder. Absolutely. Or SAD. Um, And this impacts people primarily, it's during a certain part of the year where they experience less sunlight Mm -hmm. than other parts. And so we think about the sun is an incredibly important part of the biological process. Absolutely. It's where we get vitamin D. You could try to eat and drink vitamin D, but it would be extremely difficult to get as much as you need. So sunlight is really the go-to. Yeah. I mean, we even think about plants Mm -hmm. require sunlight, right? right? And so if they don't, yeah, unless you're a special type of plant that doesn't need sun, but that kind of (laughs) is a little bit of a tangent. So seasonal affective disorder, we're going to experience some of the things very similar to depression. We've got the fatigue, we've got the low mood, potentially anxiety, drowsiness, sleeping a lot more than you normally would. And this kind of makes sense with the vitamin D right. that you talked about. Right. Vitamin D is responsible for so many biological processes. And if someone is, um, has that genetic snip where vitamin D is not being absorbed, all of this isn't going to function as it's supposed to. Yeah. So for our listeners who are new, genetic SNP, Doc, can you kind of dive into sure. what that is? Sure. So genetic SNP. SNP. Single nucleotide polymorphism. All a polymorphism is, is an error in that genetic coding. Nothing more than that. But what we do at Wired BioHealth is isolate and measure and see where these genetic weaknesses exist because we all have them somewhere, right? We all have, just like anything in life, we all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses. In our genetics, we have our genetic strengths, We have our genetic weaknesses. So we identify those. And that's the first step. If we identify them, we look at those biological, um, biochemical pathways and say, okay, what do we need to do to turn this gene on or turn this gene off? And that is epigenetics, which to me is the most exciting part of what's going on in science today because it gives the power back to the individual Yeah, it's almost like, of course, what you're born with, your genetic predispositions and profile matters, but it's more important to know what are you going to do with that information. And so along the lines of the vitamin D, if somebody has that genetic coding error in converting vitamin D from the sun into their body, what is that going to lead to? What are some of those side effects? Well, disease state-wise, we see um, immune cancers. Mm -hmm with vitamin D problems, we see osteoporosis, we see cognitive decline, and we see mood disorders. Wow. Ties right in there. Ties right in. So if you live in a part of the world that's going to experience less sunlight Mm -hmm. in a certain part of the year, and then you couple that with a genetic coding error, yeah, SAD could be very much a part of your life. Right. 
And it's not just this, man, I'm tired, it's February. No, physiologically, your body is having an even more difficult time going through its normal day. Right. And so I think that's so empowering for people who maybe they start to get caught in that doom and gloom. It's February. When's going to be the next thing to look into? Because it's not all in your head. No, it's real. This is taking place in your body. And so when we think about some of the genes, um, the genetic SNPs, how that ties in to the neuroscience. Sure, sure. So what happens is those levels of serotonin, that feel-good chemical, they go down. Mm. And that's where the mood decline happens. But the body is always trying to balance, always trying to stay in what we call this homeostasis. So it's going to borrow from other places. Well, maybe I'll borrow from dopamine today to try to keep my serotonin up because those two are like a seesaw. Same with glutamate and GABA. Glutamate and and GABA are like a seesaw. They're always trying to be in balance. So your body's going to borrow from these other places. So you take that first place, which may be with serotonin for you, and now we're compounding it by having more places become involved. So it really does affect people on a physiological level, not just a, oh, I feel, you know, ironically enough, sad, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's dark, gets dark early, um, there's no sunlight, all those things, the isolation that exists after the holidays, but we actually have physiological changes go on. Yeah. I do suggest to some patients that they get a light, you know, that, um, and, try to make it getting some kind of if you cannot get out in the sun at all or you live in an area where there isn't any that is a good thing to do but we've got to check in on what's happening in our physiology yeah I think of our clients kind of in the tri-state area the New York New Jersey Pennsylvania where they're going on their commute from to and from work and it's dark it's dark both yeah. ways yeah and so suggesting that light mm-hmm. in their house and then I'm thinking okay what about the people that say I already know that I'm not going to get enough enough sunlight can I supplement my way out of this sure so if you have that genetic snip it's going to be more difficult we have to have everything working correctly for that to be absorbed okay. on its own there's trouble absorbing so that becomes a plan of how we're going to, you know, make it more doable for you to absorb that. But someone can be eating the perfect diet, and if they have problems absorbing, say they have methylation problems, the global overall picture of methylation is gene expression. Mm. And then absorption of nutrients and allowing the body to detoxify. So you could be eating a perfect diet, but... If you're not absorbing it, what's it worth? Yeah, and this this reminds me of actually the episode with Dave Clausen, the veteran, who mm-hmm. talked about he was almost right. burnt out on self-care. Right. He was in three right. years into sobriety saying, I'm doing everything right, but I'm starting to think drinking might have been okay. Might have been a good idea. Because at least I yeah. got something. Right. You know, and I think about people who they're eating the perfect diet. They're getting those 15 minutes of sun exposure on their extremities. They're doing all the things in terms of vitamin D, but they're still experiencing the things that they would because they have a genetic coding error. Right, right. So that that mood, that cognitive issue is there. Right. Right. So we've got to, we really have to 
do a deeper dive and find out or else this is going to be kind of a cycle that continues on and on and on in somebody's life. Well, and literally, right? Because we know that sad is cyclical. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Every February you're going to feel this way, but how empowering to know that through Wired BioHealth, there is the support to understand, identify, isolate, and measure physiologically what's going to be a barrier to you living your most optimal life. Absolutely. Yesterday was going over results with someone, um, and we got to one of the last ones, and it had to do with glutathione, which is the master antioxidant in our body. His body is not making enough glutathione. I said, so your body has a problem getting rid of drugs, be they pharmaceutical drugs, recreational drugs, environmental toxins, anesthesia. He was with his mom, and his mom went, yes. And I said, why, what happened? She said he had a a tonsillectomy and had a horrible time with the anesthesia and broke out in hives everywhere and was just like literally going out of his mind. I said, well, of course, the body is going, in its infinite wisdom, is going to use the skin because it's the largest organ system of our body to say, I've got to get rid of this anesthesia. It's got to escape me. Yeah. So the hives are just that reaction. So I said, moving forward. Should you ever have a scheduled surgery, you've got to come up with a program of how you're going to get more glutathione to be absorbed in your body and be ready for that anesthesia. Yeah. I, I was just going to say sure. another, another patient, um, when we got to that part, I said, same thing. I said, so moving forward in your life, just good information to know. He was like, my mom died on the operating table from the anesthesia. Wow. That's the power of this stuff. That's the power. This isn't even about mental health because we know at this point, all the research tells us that mental health is a manifestation of physical health. And I think the genes that we look at and the neuroscience biomarkers that we measure, it, it just shows that. It all builds. It all builds up. And that's why in science we say something isn't a causation, but it's a correlation. Right. Right. And so this is showing such a high correlation between physical health and mental health. And I think anytime we jump into the new year and we have all of these resolutions that we want to make and we talked about, I'm going to do a detox. Right. I've got to just start new. I got to start fresh. How dangerous it can be. And you bring this up to clients all the time. Right. What are you going to do once you've stirred up this hornet's nest? I always love that analogy that you give. How do these hornets escape? Right. If your body, first example, isn't methylating, isn't processing these things, they will literally build up. So you've, you've taken a baseball bat to the hornet's nest. Now they have no place to go. They are stirring inside of you, and you are going to have an adverse reaction. That's a Herxheimer reaction. Mm-hmm. You are going to have an adverse reaction. So there's preparation. If you're going to do a real detox, not like, you know, I picked up this box and it's this liver <laughs> cleanse or this, you know, whatever. Um, you can see how I feel about that. <laughs> um, it's, it can be dangerous. Right. Your body has to be prepared for it. And we need to know, are you going to be able to detox properly? Mm-hmm. Or are there precautions we're going to need to take? Or do we have to build you up to the point to where we're going to be able to do a detox? Do we have to get you methylating first mm-hmm. before we can get there? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so when our wellness consultants build out the um methodology to helping somebody optimize the biomarkers that were revealed in testing 
there's a reason that why those detoxes that we take them through aren't step one. Right. Because first of all, right. like you just said, doc, we have to determine is there a methylation defect in one of the 14 genes that we test? Is there an autophagy defect? Just in methylation, 14 Just genes. in methylation, right. 14 genes. Then we've got autophagy, multiple genes we measure, right. detoxification, inflammation. Right. And then we say, okay, we have to get these things started in your body before we can even think, think about, about it. Detox. Right. So autophagy, that might be a new word yep. for a lot of our listeners. So autophagy is kind of like the garbage man of the cell, right? He's quality control. And if we, we've known about autophagy for hundreds of years, but it was only in 2017 that a Japanese physician won the Nobel Prize for understanding the intercellular relationship of autophagy. We look at that. I mean, that's how cutting edge what we're doing is. But if you are not able to get rid of the garbage, what do you mean by garbage? Well, damaged mitochondria, optopsis, meaning the cells die. That's normal. Cells die off. If we're not getting rid of all that junk, it stays in us. It affects what we call the NEI supersystem, the nervous system, the endocrine system, the immunological system. All of those body systems are affected by this literal junk staying in us. Yeah. So it's not just detoxification. It's not just methylation. It's not just autophagy. It's all of these layers. What if you have a lot of these um, immune steps, right? And what's happening? We've got a higher inflammatory process going on in your body. What all those three things that I just said before that do to inflammatory markers? This is before we even touch what's happening with your mental health. Yeah. Because it all builds. If your physical health isn't right, it is going to affect your emotional health. That's going to affect your intellectual health. That's going to affect your spiritual health, yeah. right? And, and we're at a time now where we know, like, the end products aren't great. People are suffering. <laughs> People are suffering. Yeah, and I feel like that's where we're really experiencing the clinician burnout right. that we do. There's this level of compassion fatigue where doctors, <laughs> nurses, therapists, they've really put it on our back mm -hmm. since COVID. And they're to a point where they're needing help too because like how do i keep Absolutely. going at this pace i've taken on the burden right. of my patients right and then the way the shift in the culture and society has gone to the disrespect aspect is these people that are the only ones that are actually helping you are the people you're going to give a hard time to yeah. you're going to yell at them you're going to demean them that's insane right that's who's there to help you and probably one of the few people equipped to do so. Exactly. A doctor's first thing shouldn't be worried about their licensure when they go to treat somebody. Yeah, or, or <laughs> you know, somebody's going to come out with a gun and, you know, it, it all shows that all these things have built Yep, and we, we're not doing it right. Yeah, and I think it's just so sad is how quickly the science has evolved mm -hmm. and how slow We've been to not just adopt it, accept it, but implement it. Right, right. And it takes time. Like I said in my TED Talk, it takes time for people to learn to think a new way. It takes time. So it has to go from the research to the clinicians. That's 15, 20 years. Right. Right? And then the clinicians have to be willing to disseminate that information, not say, this is the way I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue doing it this way. 
And by the time it gets out to the public, we're looking at 20, 25 years at best. Right. If everybody says, yeah, you know what? This is good stuff. We should share it. Everybody needs to know about it. But our system isn't set up for that. Our system is set up for a disease system, right. not a wellness system. And it's true. And then you add Dr. Google into the equation. Dr. I mean, Google knows everything. The second <laughs> that our wellness consultants see somebody's neuroscience biomarkers off the charts, it's yeah. so what are you taking? Right. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. lie to me. Right. I know you <laughs> I can are see because yeah. these numbers are crazy. Like, well, I had someone tell me last week, um, I actually put myself into serotonin syndrome mm. because of taking this and this together and is still in that. And it's that mania and everything that goes along with it. But yeah, that's, that's what happens because we do have access to information, but access to information without knowing everything behind it can be dangerous. Right. It's really the same thing that we even talk about empirically prescribing pharmaceuticals. You putting yourself on St. John's wort mm -hmm. or some sort of a GABA supplement because it worked for your friend or you read it was good. Right. It's kind of similar to saying, well, it sounds like you're experiencing this, so let's try this. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, my buddy did it, so I'm going to do it too. We all have our own unique physiology. Therefore, it needs to be addressed as we all have our unique physiology and a, a unique recommendation and protocol as a result of one's unique physiology only makes sense. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I love doing this podcast with you, Doc, is because we get to just touch the tip of the iceberg oh, yeah. in explaining why it's so important to understand your unique physiology objectively. Right. And so knowing that we talked a little bit about methylation and the 14 genes that we look at just pertaining to that biological process in our panel, we talked about autophagy. We didn't even get into the neuropsych, which I know we will in later episodes, but all of these things are unique to your DNA. So what works for you might not work for you, might not work for me. Right. And so that's why it's important to test. And the purpose of this show is really to be a resource, to do a little bit of education, but to provide you with the next place to go. So right. if you heard something today that made you a little bit curious, maybe you want to look into it for yourself, a loved one, even a coworker, send them a link to the website. They're able to check it out on their own or listen to other podcast episodes. Right. I know we're well into our 20 something episode. So there's a lot of research that you can kind of go back, look through and the consult's always free. We're able to support people from around the world because our test kits are drop shipped. Mm -hmm. The sample collection's easy. It's not even blood. So call the office. The number is 1-888-841-7099. And we'll be happy to get you scheduled with a free virtual consult. And until next time, Doc, it's been a pleasure. As always, Jackie. Thanks so much. See ya.